Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled Out of the Mouth of Babes. It shall be focused on a study of Psalms chapter 8. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee, Lord, for the Son of Man. For what is man, Lord, that thou art mindful of him, or the Son of Man, that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. We thank thee, Lord, for thy sacrifice on Calvary, the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, who is you becoming flesh and his deity becoming becoming flesh in us. So what is a man, Father, that you are so mindful of him to do that for him? We thank thee, Father, that, Lord, you have honored us in such a way and it makes us feel even more humble to know, Father, that thy love is truly grace, which is unmerited favor, which we did not deserve at all. We thank thee for all these wonderful mercies. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Psalms chapter 8. Psalm 8 To the chief musician upon Gittith, a psalm of David. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham, titled, Trying to do God a service without it being his will. It shall be focused on paragraph 109 up to paragraph 137. This message was preached in 1965 on November the 27th. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Another thing I'd like to say this morning, that we're glad to have in our midst a friend of mine, a very dear friend, a, a young fellow. Many of you people on the radio now, can, or the, on the telephone hookup, know who this is. Today is his birthday, 93 years old. Brother Bill Dow, sitting here before me. 93 years old. Several years ago, the doctor said he cannot live. I just noticed him sitting here now. Under oxygen, and his lovely wife called me and said, Brother Bram, if you expect to see your old friend Bill alive, you better come at once. And I, one of my tires is cut on the side. My wheel had been knocked out, and I tore a tire off my car trying to get to him. I was just coming from a, a, a station, filling station, and uh, coming from the restroom where I stopped in Ohio, trying to get to him, 
and walking out, I saw a vision. And there stood Brother Dow standing in the church with his hand out. It changed, and I see him coming down the street and shook my hand. said, Go tell him, Thus saith the Lord. He was about 90 years old then. He had a heart attack with a heart block and a complete heart failure. Very shrewd doctor. The man is uh, not, uh, you don't want, I know I won't say that. He's just a man that can afford get any doctor he wants. He had a very fine Jewish doctor who met me in the hall and said, there's not a chance for him to live. Now I went in and slipped my hand under the oxygen tent. I said, Bill, can you hear me? Nod his head. I said, Thus saith the Lord. You're not going to die. A week from then, when I got in the pulpit to preach my message, here come Brother Dow walking up to the building. And when I went over to Furs Restaurant, I mean the Blue Boar, across in Louisville, here he's getting out of the car, coming down the street, holding his hand out. Just exactly according to the word of the Lord. That's three or four years ago, and here he sits all the way down here in Shreveport, crosses the nation, not by plane now, by car, sitting here this morning. Happy birthday, Brother Dow. That's from all across the nation, from everywhere. God bless you. I baptized him after being a Trinitarian. I baptized him when he was on my first meeting, when Brother Banks Woods had to let him have his clothes, he's a good-sized man, as you see, and he went into the pool and I baptized him at about 85 or 90 years old in the name of the Lord Jesus. He said he never could feel right until he found that security. Then he received a birthday where he'll never grow old. <laughs> That's right, that great land. He even is expecting to live to see the coming of the Lord. It can be done. But if he would sleep, he and we are awake at that time, he'll come first. So, Brother Dow, there's no way now to miss it. You're exactly on the line. Stay there, my brother. God bless you. I thank the Lord for a good man like that and for giving him all of these years. In the book of the Chronicles, trying to do God a service without it being his will. God is sovereign, first. We want to understand that. The people today are wondering why we can't have a revival. You believe God's sovereign? See, the Bible speaks this way. And we try, as I was discussing with a group of my fine brothers, Baptist brethren, not long ago, and they said, Brother Branham, we can only have a revival when we take the word, word by word, page by page, letter by letter. And I said, I believe too, page by page. He said, I said, they've been trying to do that all along. He said, but we must find the Greek interpretation of the word. What the Greek says. I said, I haven't read too much, but reading the history of the church, 
and the Nicaea Council and the Pre-Nicaea Council and the Nicaea Father and so forth. They were arguing back there about the Greek. That's 2,000 years ago. One said it means this, one says it means that. The Greek word means this, it's like our language. The word sea, you use word sea, you can mean a body of water, I understand, or many things. Board, to be bored a hole, make a walk, or, or you bored me, or you paid my board, or it can mean any, many things. And those little vowels and so forth just change the whole meaning. So you'll never do it like that. God wrote it like that. Because the, all the word is inspired and said that I thank thee, Father, thou hast hid these things from the eyes of the wise and prudent, and will reveal. Amen. It's a revelation of him, as I said last evening. We'll reveal it to thee. I said, it won't work, sir. I said, a revival will never come until God, the sovereign God, sends it. And then he might take up a little nitwit that can't even sign his name to do it with it. And knows not even good English, let alone the Greek. That's what he done in the time when Peter preached at Pentecost. You know, he couldn't even sign his name. Ignorant and unlearned. But God does things in such strange way to our intellectual thinking. That makes it God. If he's got a bunch of of theologians and dignitaries and so forth that said, that smart kid, as you see, he had it just right. But God went out and got fishermen. They couldn't even sign their name. That's what he took. That's God. He takes something that's nothing and makes something out of it to his own honor. He took a chaos and made it Eden. God. Now, if there's anybody got the mechanics for a revival, is our noble brother Billy Graham. But the mechanics is all right, but the mechanics won't move it. It takes the dynamics to move it. You can build an automobile, put fine seats in it, make fine pistons, and, and prove by science what it can do. But unless the dynamics is there, it's just a dead piece of good. So, in the Welsh Revival, one of our late revivals before our Pentecostal, no one knows what started the revival. Just a bunch of people. Now when we get all our friend Billy Graham will get all the Presbyterians, Lutherans, and Pentecostals and everything together, go into the city and there they'll have a great uh, gathering together with thousands and 30,000 will come in two weeks and give their hearts to Christ, go back another two weeks and he ain't got a one. That's the mechanic. But let God in his sovereign grace just speak to some little nitwit, a little nobody. Let his spirit fall into the city and man can't go to work. Women can't wash dishes. The maids can't make the beds. They're screaming and crying with their hands up in the air. That's revival. That's in the will of God. It was said that some nobleman from the church went over to the whales to understand or figure out what all the mechanics was in the revival and doing the Welsh revival. And when they got off the ship with their tall hats on and their round collars, seeing come down the street a little policeman swinging his club around and around like that, whistling, they said, my good man, could you tell me where the Welsh revival is? He said, yes, my brother, and you're 
standing in the middle of it. He said, you understand, I am the Welsh Revival. He said, because the Welsh Revival is in me. <laughs> That's sovereign. That's what God does. And he alone has the right to send a revival. Not get the mechanics together, it's pray for God to send the dynamics. He only reveals his word in the predestinated. Now, when I use the word predestinate, now it's a bad word to use in public, especially when we have mixed crowds between the Armenians and the uh, Calvinists. And not a, I've asked you not to think of know it all, but they're both wrong according to the Scripture. Grace is what God did for me, works is what I do for Him. See? Then you've got it. If you climb out on either one of the limbs, you'll sure find yourself out on the end of the limb and can't get back. The book of Ephesians pulls it together, I think. Now, but the word when I use it, predestinated, don't think that I'm, that's the only word I know how to, uh, to make. It's God's foreknowledge. See? That He know He, he can't say... He, he died that all might be saved. He did, but by his foreknowledge, he knows who would and who would not. See? That's what he knows. I don't know it. You don't know it. So we work out our own salvation with fear and trust. Now, but God has his word set and has at all ages, his foreknowledge has caused him to set in the church and in the people certain things that he did from the beginning. And then the gospel that's being preached of that age is only revealed to that certain people. The rest of them don't see it. See? Thank thee, Father, thou hast hid these things from the eyes of the wise and free, and reveal it to babes such as would learn. That's predestination. Not that he did it by saying, I'll choose you and don't choose you. By his foreknowledge, he knew what you would do. By him being infinite, you believe he's infinite? If he is, he can't be God. Then you think, being infinite, he knew every flea that would ever be on the earth. How many times them fleas would vaporize? How much tallow was in each flea? Every blade of grass it would ever set on. That's infinite. And we're finite. We stumble in darkness. God likened us to sheep, and we must have a leader. And that leader is not man. That leader is the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Christ among us. A little while in the world seeth me no more. His physical being was raised up to the throne of God. Where the Spirit was on the throne, now Christ is on the throne. Jesus. A little while in the world seeth me no more, yet ye shall see me. For I'll be with you to the end of the world, even in you. The throne of God, of Christ, is erected into your heart. And he's sitting on God's throne, but in the millennium he sits on his own throne, which he swore that he'd raise up this man, his son, uh, David's son, to sit on his throne. Now, he reveals these things by his foreknowledge to those who he has ordained to these things. Otherwise, they don't see it. Stand right there looking right at it and you can't see it. How many ever seen that picture of a cow in a bush that you just have to look and look? Have you ever seen that? 
see the picture of Christ in a bush or in the sky or a cloud. See, that painter has got that so fixed up so you have to look at it just a certain way. Well, then when you once see it, you can't see nothing else but that. Every time you look there, how many have seen those pictures? I'm sure you have. Well, that's the way Christ is himself. The gospel, the message is. When you want to see the message of the hour, there's nothing else you can see but there. That's all. Everything else is gone. The rest of it's just a filler. See? When you want to see the message. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, that Your word is forever true. We thank You for the shout that Lord, we've descended with through your word and preparing a bride for a rapturing day. Father, we know the time is drawing closer and closer and closer, and you said you'll come like a thief in the night, when it's least expected. So help us to always be ready for that great change where, Lord, you shall create again and bring forth the saints out of the dust of the earth. We know where every single molecule is that made their bodies, and you shall bring it up and Raise it up from a body corruptible into a body incorruptible. So we thank thee, Lord, for such great promises. And there's nothing for me worth looking forward to beyond that. We thank thee for thy love, for thy loving kindness. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Thank you.